Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal! These guys are good! Scary good! And this crowd is going bananas! As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello everybody, and welcome back to a brand new season of Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me once again this season is my co-host and friend, Nick Martin. Uh, and Nick, this is our first of a handful of, of season preview episodes. We're going to go Western Conference today. We'll do the Eastern Conference tomorrow. We'll go team by team, give out some of our favorite bets. Then uh, we'll also do a season preview in terms of awards betting, which uh, you know is one of our, I think, maybe our favorite episode of the season, uh, especially for the previews. And then at the end uh, of, of those three episodes, uh, we'll do another episode where we kind of give a condensed version of our favorite bets, hitting on uh, a rapid fire of, of every market we can think of going into the year, hopefully set you guys up with a decent NHL portfolio going into the 2023-2024 season. And before I bring in Nick and we get going on the West, I just will run through uh, the Stanley Cup odds, just so we know where we're starting from. The Hurricanes are your favorite. Stanley Cup favorite at the moment. They're eight to one. The Devils and Leafs are nine to one. Oilers, Avalanche, ten to one. The Knights, twelve to one. The Rangers, thirteen to one. The Stars, fourteen to one. Florida Panthers, sixteen to one. Boston Bruins, sixteen to one. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are twenty. Los Angeles Kings, twenty-two to one. Pittsburgh Penguins, twenty-eight. Calgary Flames, thirty. So are the Minnesota Wild. The Kraken and Buffalo Sabers are thirty-five to one. Ottawa Senators, forty to one. The Islanders. And Winnipeg Jets at 50, Canucks at 60, Predators and Red Wings 75, the St. Louis Blues and Washington Capitals at 80, the Arizona Coyotes at 130 to 1, Blue Jackets and Flyers 150 to 1, Chicago Blackhawks 200 to 1, and then your three biggest long shots on the board, the Anaheim Ducks, San Jose Sharks, and Montreal Canadiens at 250 to 1. So that's the big picture view. Let's get into the Western Conference. We'll start with Colorado Avalanche, and I think that this is... An interesting division, the Central Division, Nick. We'll start. I'll just hand it over right to you. The Avs are 10 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup, over under of 106.5, and plus 150 to win the division. Any thoughts here? 
No, I don't really have a lot here. I think that the main reason kind of discussing the Avs is so relevant for all of our bets is just because they're so good and they're so favored in so many of the markets. Um, with the pickup of Tatar, and so I think the offense looks a little deeper than it did at one point. At one point, I was kind of viewing them as closer to a pure fade in terms of the markets. Now I'm probably just slightly low on them compared to the total and the president's price and the cup price. I just think specifically in the regular season, they are kind of an injury away from being a lot less dominant than those numbers suggest. So for me, a simple summary would be, I don't think that this is something I want to get involved in, really just kind of see how it plays out. Yeah, I think uh, I'm with you here. I think there will be some people who maybe play Alex Georgiev as a Vezina flyer. He's like 25, 30-ish out there, but the Avs look right to me. So to me, also, so do the Dallas Stars, but you're a little higher. And I think that this division sets up so funny. And we're going to talk about one team in particular in this division a lot. You might know who that team is already. I will get to them in a little bit. But the Avs and Stars are the clear, you know, it's a two-horse race in the Central. And then it's anybody's guess behind them for those three and four spots if there are four teams coming out of out of the Central. But the Stars are going to be like the quintessential, the pundits, like the the TV pundits are going to call them a, a sleeper, even though. Anyone who's been betting the NHL knows that this isn't a sleeper. This is a, a team that is really good. They're 14-1 to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, they're a slight, slight underdog to win a division with the Avalanche in it. This is not a sleeper. This is a bona fide contender, and uh, you believe in them. Yeah, I, I don't want to go ahead and say I believe in them a ton. I just look at that president's market and say that if you can get plus 1,200, which is out there, I think that's a reasonable play, just given the weakness of the central division. Uh, you look at the Avalanche, they're so favored in that market, and I don't see that much of a drop-off, particularly if, if the Avs do run into injury concerns. I know the Stars are pretty reliant on their top dogs too, but um, I think just considering the prices, that that's a reasonable buy. And then looking at the cup odds, everything else I think is about fair. And one guy I agree with you on, which we'll probably touch more on player prices, but I think it's still relevant considering some of the stuff we're targeting. I do kind of want to fade uh, Jason Robertson a little bit too. I think he's a bit of a regression candidate entering the season. Yeah, I think you're going to hear in in a similar vein uh, with the stars. A lot of people are going to be hopping on Robertson as a Rocket Richard or uh, Hart Trophy candidate. I just don't think the numbers are good enough on him. And I I feel the same way about Ottinger and Haskinen too. Ottinger in the Vezina and and Haskinen in the Norris. Uh, I think the kind of entire hockey community is it wants to back the stars because they feel that a betting on the avalanche or the oilers is or you know even the knights to go back to back is kind of the safe option and and they view the stars as the oh like i'm being bold here prediction when we know it's not and i think that the same thing goes in in the markets with Haskinen and the markets with ottinger and the markets with with robertson uh, involved too uh they're going to be a good team and like you said that this is the a division situation where you can almost see them pulling a Tampa Bay Lightning from the past three or four years where you just know you're not going to have any pressure on you from the back, where so you can kind of coast. And if you are interested in betting Dallas to win the Stanley Cup, you might be able to still get this number in March and April. So I just wouldn't really rush to do it. All right, let's move on to the team that's priced to be the third favorite in, in the Central. I, I, this is a team, I mean, how, how often do we say it? If you've been listening to the show for, for two years, you know what I'm going to say. The, the Minnesota Wild, they're 30-1 to 1 to win the Cup, 95.5 over under, plus 650 to win the division. 
I just don't see that much of a difference between Minnesota and the team we'll talk about next, Winnipeg, that the the odds should be this skewed. I think when you, when you're talking about teams in this price range, the top two or three teams in a division, you're you're looking okay if this goes wrong over an 82 game season, how doomed are they? And I I see a lot of situations where if this goes wrong for Minnesota, let's say the goaltending isn't as good, as Gustafson doesn't have a another spellbinding season for them in goal, or maybe Kaprizov uh, deals with another injury. He was hurt for a chunk last year. Matthew Boldy maybe uh, doesn't step forward. The the team is not that deep either. Like they're relying on a lot because of their cap situation. They're relying on, uh, you know, 20, 20 guys basically to stay healthy. I could see this thing going sideways pear shaped pretty quickly. Although I will say there's one bet that I think is if you're a wild fan and you're just looking to back this team and you want a fun flyer, the one thing I could, maybe get behind is Marc-Andre Fleury to win the Vesna. Just have like, he, he did it a couple years ago, right? Where he just kind of snapped into form. He'll be playing behind a good defense. You just never know with this guy. He's 200 to one. So, and, and like I said, like if Gustafson's bad or doesn't have, uh, take another step forward after a great season, I could see Fleury, you know, them going with Marc-Andre Fleury as a, their starter. And who knows with that defense in front of him, but it's 200 to one. Like, it's not like I'm, I'm saying this is a great, great bet, even at that number. But weird things happen with the Vezina. Yeah, and I've, I've basically got nothing with the Wild here. I still see them as a pretty high floor team just because of the way that defensive core sets up compared to most of the division. But not any reason, I think, to bet them to win the Cup or anything like that. People talking about them like they're a shoe-in for the third place in this division. And I, I would disagree with that is, is how I would look at it. Because I think we're going to talk about Winnipeg next. Uh, they had a very interesting offseason because of the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation, then Hellebuck and Shifley, and then Wheeler leaves. And so they were viewed as this team in transition. And in the NHL, for some reason, that is always a negative. Like when teams are have to retool on the fly or whatever. It's it's like rebuild or bust. Like you can't just make some moves to tinker with your core. And the Jets might have come out better uh, than they went into the offseason, I think, with, with getting, uh, you know, Cape Velarde and uh and company from from the kings and they still have hellebuck shifley still there wheeler like obviously was a interesting character in that room they still have nick ehlers connor uh kyle connor should have a bounce back i wouldn't argue with anybody who thinks that the jets are an interesting long shot uh to win the cup if you want to bet hellebuck in like the heart trophy uh market i think that's fine too i think that there's definitely more reason there's more arguments for betting the Jets at 50 to 1 than there are against betting the Jets at 50 to 1, I think. I can get on board with that a little bit. I think they're going to be better than people feel, but and I the still division believe... too, right? Like the division helps. I just yeah. that decor to me isn't there. I don't see it as a cup decor and I think it's going to be hard to repair that enough on the fly. I like some of their players like fantasy-wise. I think there's some good guys to buy. Hellebuck Vesna, agree with you there. I think they can definitely get back to the playoffs. Um, and same in agreement with you on Kyle Connor. I think you can bet him to score 40 goals at plus 350. I think that's a really reasonable uh, bet. He's pretty much scored at a 40 goal pace over the last four seasons, if you look back on it. So plus 350 is a pretty good number if you're basically just saying he needs to be slightly above what he's done and play 80 games. I'm yep. definitely happy to pull that trigger. So I think that's probably my favorite bet relating to the Jets in, in some way. Yeah, he's... I, I can't tell you the exact number, but he was probably like the sixth or seventh favorite, maybe even uh, lower than that to win the Rocket Richard last year. And then, you know, McDavid is, has really broken 
those two award markets, Hart and Rocket Richard, and then you, you got to then account for Austin Matthews being healthy for a season. So it's kind of hard to to see someone like Connor coming. Um, well, yeah, scoring you consistently. The, you can see the disrespect now. Just and right. he was so snake bit last year. Like yeah, he, probably yeah. remember I was in that stretch of just betting him to score every game and it was ridiculous. He never scored and he was completely dominating. So I think now it's probably a good time to cash in on that. I, I think that's a pretty reasonable prop. Yeah, that's not bad. I, I, you can find like division goal scoring leaders too. He was like 12 to one in that market. Um, I think you'd, in, in that case, you'd rather just play it safer and go with the, the play you gave out. Um, but yeah, I think just getting on board with a Kyle Connor bounce back is, is just a good kind of philosophy to go into the season with. All right, Nashville Predators, 75 to 1, uh, over under of 86 and a half, and to win the division at 18 to 1. It's frustrating that they have a great goalie, because uh, this would be my long shot to finish with the worst record if I had to pick one. But with Saros, it's just, it's really hard to to imagine them doing that. And, and the bottom of the league is just so bad. But uh, that kind of just gives into what I think both of us are thinking here, which is, I don't, I think there are some people who are higher on the Predators than the market. I think a lot of that, once again, you can make arguments for a lot of teams in this division because of the division itself is so soft. Um, but the Predators, for me, I'm I'm just not interested. I think that the the team is set up where the margins are going to be so so thin and so reliant on, on Saros that you just don't want to get behind a team like that. Yeah, I agree. And there's so many teams kind of around the fringes this year. Like, I think there's going to be a ton of parity in the league, especially, especially when we get in the East. It's kind of obvious. Everyone's talking about it. But this is one of those fringe teams that I don't see much upside for. They've got some of those young guys that could really make a difference, like Evangelista and so on. At the end of the year, we saw when they were really depleted, they kind of carried them, and we weren't doing as good fading them as we might have hoped. But I still think the upside is quite low. I thought Ryan O'Reilly looked horrible at the end of last season, so who knows what he does. But to me, if he's not going to go, they're really counting on a lot of performances from other guys that I don't think are overly likely. So yeah, for me, they're definitely kind of heading into the season in the fade category. Yeah, if you go down the middle for for Nashville, it's kind of frightening, right? O'Reilly, Cody Glass, Tommy Novak, and Colton Sissions kind of is how we're projecting it out. And who's a bona fide, like, good number two center even on like a contending team in that bunch i, I know glass and novak had had their moments last year but for a full 82 game season you're really asking a lot uh out and of they those could guys be that good and the team could still be pretty bad because yeah. it's not like they were dominating when those guys were going off either right so so uh yeah like i said this was a team that uh if i had to make one bet it would just be a long shot like triple digit if i could find one on on worst record it probably isn't even that high but uh Otherwise, yeah, I'll just be looking to go against them. I think it's a similar case for the Blues at eighty to one, a team you and I were wrong about last year, me especially uh, going yeah, don't into the year. Me in that, I was <laughs> I was on fade Blues, and I think the same reasons are still in place this year. Yeah, yeah, I, f- I I feel like I feel you you definitely were into fading them much quicker than I was, and you were definitely right. Um, eighty to one, eighty three and a half over under, and the division's twenty two to one. There's fires like all over this uh roster i think to to be put out and they're they're going to be such a volatile team they've they've got a a coach that kind of feeds into that too um they've got a goalie that feeds into that they've got a very old decor that isn't very good so they're relying on a decent forward group and and decent i think is as far as you can go with describing them right now to outscore some significant 
significant problems. So I think that the Blues and Predators, right, we've just read them off as the fifth and sixth team in this division. I think that you got to say that there's a team below them that's better than both of them, I think, or has much more uh, a higher upside. Maybe not better than them on paper, but uh, like don't should be surprised. Be comparable in the market. Yeah, exactly. Don't be surprised, I think, if, if, if Nashville and St. Louis are hanging out in the seventh, sixth and seventh spot rather than the middle of the pack challenging for a, a wild card spot. Yeah, I think a easy summary of the Blues. Like I, they still have those top stars. Kyra's going to be good. Thomas is going to be good. Veronica could be pretty good. But the decor is bad. I don't have any faith in Biddington. I think probably be riding some Blues overs early in the season again just because the way their roster is composed. It's just going to be high-scoring hockey. And yeah, I, I don't want to bet on Biddington bouncing back at all. If he doesn't, behind that decor, that's, I just don't see how that's going to work out so well. Maybe Joel Hoffer, if stuff, if you want to back the Blues in some way. Um, but even even that, like playing behind that defense for a rookie goalie, yikes. Uh, okay, let's do it. Arizona Coyote time. The team of the podcast. Uh, last year, it's a little sad that everyone's kind of in on them now. It makes me a little nervous. But uh, they're 130 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup, an over under of 79 and a half. It's about 14 points higher than it was last year and 75 to 1 to win the division. There are so many ways I think you can go about investing in the Coyotes, but there's one that sticks out. And I know we're, we'll talk awards and best bets later in this week, but Andre Turigny is the coach of the year. This is something you and I bet probably like eight weeks ago, and it's still there. Um, he's 100 to 1 to to win Jack Adams win coach of the, coach of the year and they're 8 to 1 to make the playoffs. Those numbers, not every coach of the year is obviously going to be correlated with the team making the playoffs, but for the Coyotes it basically is. Yeah, I no, I think it's always pretty correlated to like it looked kind of dumb last year cuz Boston got a million points and ruined that line of thinking, but I still think it's a good way to attack this market and people are buying on them. I just looked at when I posted 74.5 was the total like a month ago. So five points people are buying up or have pushed it to since then. And Trigney's finally down to 50 to one on more shops, which I still think is a play for sure. I think if you're a, a relatively casual hockey guy, backing that in some way is a perfect way to get, you know, something fun to ride all year. If they're competitive at all, you've got a good sweat. Hello, everyone. Uh, please forgive this insert. This is Michael Lebuff. Um, I just want to say that since Nick and I recorded this episode, the line on Andre Trigny to win the Jack Adams has shortened considerably. It's now down to 66 to 1. But Nick and I still like that number. And the argument is basically the same. The Coyotes are in that 8 to 1 range to make the postseason. And Trigny is 66 to 1 to win the Jack Adams. If the Coyotes make the playoffs, uh, their head coach is going to be one of the favorites to win the Coach of the Year award. So we still like it there. Uh, now back to the show. The floor is so much higher than it was for, I think everyone's talked about Logan Cooley a ton and how he could surprise in the Calder race and he's he could be quite good. I think the main reason that hasn't like, and, and Sean Dursey and Matt Dumba could easily both go off on the back end and raise the floor a lot there. I think they're both guys that have good upside this season. If you look at it, that was Dumba's worst season a bit. He's not that old. I still think believing in him is reasonable. Sean Dursey's got some flaws, but his upside's really high and he should get a good leash to develop. So I like those two. But you look at the bottom of the forward core 
they're so much better. Like yeah. realistically, they've been consistently skating out when they had kind of some of these scorched earth years, a bottom six that was awful. And now this year they brought in some veterans like Kerfoot, Bukestad, who's kind of in and out of there. I think Michelli should get better. He'll play top six. But the point is that the floor is a lot higher because they're not just going to get completely caved in in the bottom minutes. Where last year they, they had a good top line and they had uh, some pretty good defenders back there. But I think they're going to lose so many less games in the bottom six minutes now that it raises the floor a lot. And then the goaltending tandem could be quite good. Like I'm definitely willing to believe in Bejmelka and Connor Ingram. So that's kind of the case with Arizona there. Their rep, people are buying into this. You look at how much the the point totals raised, but I still think it's it's a buy. I like Arizona this year. I think the upside's pretty steady there. Yeah, I think that bottom six point is where you can start with this team to start really building a case. Last year, you know, it's Liam O'Brien and Zach Cassian going out there and I think in some ways, like those guys serve a role because the team was so bad that at least they're out there to make it a little bit harder for teams to just kind of ragdoll you around. But now, like getting Alex Kerfoot and putting him on, let's say the you know the Rangers or or the Stars or someone like that, it's not going to ever be exciting. But for a team like Arizona, when you're going from Zach Cassie and getting you know 12 minutes a game or whatever to Alex Kerfoot getting 15, that's a gigantic leap in terms of uh you know just upside and ceiling so yeah the coyotes man like i i've i've said it all uh, all summer i've been doing stuff um whenever i'm I'm talking nhl i was on uh nhl at at the nhl for like a fantasy draft thing and i was talking about the turingney bet on on their show and it's such a good way to get people invested in this team uh and it's such a good way to get people just to like like you said if you're even if you're not a hockey fan, this is a hundred to one bet. Like you can bet five bucks, you can bet two bucks, and just think about how you're riding the season with the Coyotes, and all of a sudden, like you're you're gonna get to know this team, you're gonna get to know the, the coach and player, and it's it's there for the taking because of the division. Like the Arizona Coyotes could could finish third in third. Um, is it likely? No, but the the gap between Minnesota and then Arizona is so much smaller than it was six months ago or whatever so yeah i i'll never tell anyone you know you gotta bet this you gotta bet this but this is one of my favorite bets well and i think a a good way to summarize without like making us sound like we're just completely over inflating this team is i think if you can honestly say you're projecting like the playoffs one and six this is a really good bet yeah that's just just slightly lower than it's at now so right even one in ten like like it's 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 a hundred to one and you're you're basically betting you have to hit uh, this parlay, basically, right? The Coyotes make the playoffs, which is is a relative long shot uh, at eight to one ish, and then you're also betting that no team in the NH, no other team below them in terms of like the projected pecking order, the Blackhawks, the Canadians, or whatever, do as well. And then you don't see something historic like we saw last year. And at the very least, if that hits, that parlay hits, Turingi's going to be. 50 50 to win the award so let i think and another way to look at it too would be if the coyotes start the season at you know 10 10, get win 10 of their first like 18 games he he's gonna be up there so he might be close to the favorite so just uh yeah and just one quick nhl tidbit too which will tie into this and a lot of them they are a little slow to move the markets on the NHL. And this is a pretty good example of one I could definitely see being slow. Like if Arizona comes out first eight games and they're 
whatever, five and three, and they're looking good, the market will probably still be sitting where it is. So not saying that I don't think you should lock in some, but this is definitely one I'm going to have my eye on as the season kicks off. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you know where we're standing on the Coyotes. I, I, I think if Cooley's number has been slashed so much, but I think if Bedard, let's say Bedard comes flying out of the gates and Cooley's kind of just like hanging with them and uh, just keep an eye on his odds. I think he, he's someone who I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of just like lurking in in the rookie of the year race while Bedard is getting all the attention and maybe his odds drip because Bedard's shortening so much and he could have like the uh, the down the stretch run to, to put some serious pressure on. So just, just have him circled as well. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Um, Speaking of Bedard, we'll talk Blackhawks now. They are projected to come in last place in the division despite having the generational rookie. Uh, They're 200 to 1 to win the cup, 71 and a half over under, and 130 to 1 to win the division. I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, so I, I really don't have a lot to say here. I think they finish in last. I'm actually seeing quite a few people kind of saying fade Bedard a little bit, and I'm very much opposed to that. I think he comes through and lives up to the hype in general. His goals total is 31.5. I don't know if I'd say, like, you know, you're only getting minus 115. you got to lock it in for a year for that. Probably not something I'd say you need to bet, but I am very much on the train of buying Bedard. I think he comes through, even with how bad this team is. It's going to be tough for him, but he's so good. And the people knocking on him, like, I don't think I understand where junior hockey's at, like how developed those players are now and how strong he is. Like, it just seems like all the things that people are saying they're going to fade him over don't really make a lot of sense to me. I, I fully believe in him being like the next one, not Connor McDavid level, but I think his. His floor is really, really high. So I'm pro Bedard. I think he, he pays off all the hype this season. Yeah, his odds on to win, to win uh, the call there. We could just quickly mention that but uh, McDavid did not win it in his rookie year. Neither did Sidney Crosby. Uh, but so, McDavid missed, what, 40? Right, he, he played, I think he played 47 games. So that's, I think that is a fair way to look at it is if, if you're going to get 60 games out of Bedard, it's, it's probably his award. So you need to, if you are picking a, a a guy down the board, that's what you're betting against. Yeah, and same kind of thing. Like, minus 120 to win the Calder, probably reasonable, but I'm not going to sit yeah. here and lock in that bet. Um. All right, so that's a central. Went through it. 
main takeaway here is join us join us on the party with with Andre Torigny hopefully uh you know that would just be a fun bet to to sweat with a, a a wide community of people onto the Pacific now I think that one one of the fun things that's happened over the past 18 months in the NHL is that the, everyone viewed the Pacific as the soft division at the start of this you know beginning of last year or, or the year before that and the central is the deep one and they've kind of flipped uh and now it's the Pacific that looks like a little bit of a gauntlet and the central that is pretty soft the Edmonton Oilers are your division favorite they are also one of the cup favorites they're 10 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup 106 and a half over under and plus 195 to win the division if I I I generally don't but if I was to bet a team in like that top seven or eight um on the Stanley Cup board I think it would be the Oilers and I also don't hate them as if you like to play like Stanley Cup exactus where it's the exact matchup using the Oilers as the Western Conference leg, and then mixing them with a with a team you like from the East, whether it's a team from the top or the bottom, just a way to put together a ticket with more long shot value in it because it will be pretty short. You were you're in on the Oilers too. I think that when you're talking about teams at this section of the board, you're trying to poke holes, and the the, the easiest hole to pull uh, poke in them is uh, the goaltending. So uh, that's still not scaring you enough. To, to not be invested in this team though yeah i think that the oilers at 10 to 1 might be my favorite cup outright pick it's pretty trendy and chalky so and and with the strength of the pacific division as you summarized i don't think you need to lock it in now it's not a bet i'm overly worried about getting down i do think that the chances that they're among the teams entering the playoffs that everyone's saying have a legit chance when april comes are really high like they're there's some problems there, but most of the contenders are kind of in that boat a little bit with how the salary cap set. So I, I, I'm fully on the Oilers train. I think McDavid and Drysaddle are just going to keep pushing and pushing. And for all their bad contracts to get so much hype, all that value just comes back because of McDavid and Drysaddle, which is kind of the ridiculous thing. But I mean, if you look at what they actually bring, that, that helps them so much in terms of the salary construction. So I, I still think the chances that they're not in the mix basically would be one of those guys getting hurt and i'm i'm in on the oilers and and the bottom forwards i think still have some reason that they could be better like eventually i think holloway makes a difference so we'll see i i, I don't want to get on it now because as we'll go into i think the flames can be better the canucks can be better the kings are good the knights are good so you look at it that way it's probably like not something where they completely run the show in the division and the price is like plus 500 or something entering the playoffs but i i do think that the oilers will be one of the teams in the mix to win the cup yeah i think um that's well summarized the bottom six stuff doesn't bother me too much too because they'll just be aggressive at the deadline too if it's truly a problem uh they'll they'll go out and, and find useful players to plug in there they'll make it work in that way um and one of one of my favorite award futures, um, we'll go deeper into it in a couple episodes, is Evan Bouchard to win the Norse. He's, he was like 66 to 1. He's still up there in like the 40s and 50s. Uh, just shop around and try to find the highest one. And the reason I like it is simple. He's going to run the show on the power play and the best power play maybe in the history of the NHL, at least in this era. So uh, he's, if, if he plays 75 plus games, he's a very good bet to hit 80 points and that's a good marker to be in the Norris trophy conversation Kale McCarr is the clear and deserving favorite and then you've got to beat guys like Adam Fox and Rasmus Dahlin and Miro Haskinen uh Quinn Hughes etc but the guy is going to be running the power play with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on it like there's 
it's going to be so hard for him not to get to 65 points if he's healthy. It's It'd be harder for him not to than to do it. Uh, so he shouldn't be this long in that market. So definitely yeah. like Bouchard. And the other thing I guess I'll touch on once, because I was kind of making the point, obviously, to buy Edmonton. Cup is my main one that I like just because I do think Jack Campbell's really not just, he's just not very good. I, I don't see the bounce back coming. So for me, that makes me like disinterested in betting President's Trophy betting division because the prices just aren't there where if you're going to have a goalie in for 30 starts that struggles the way Campbell probably will, I, I don't want to bet that team at plus 210 to win a division. Yep. I think that's a, a fair way to look at it. On to uh, the second favorite, which is the your defending Stanley Cup champion, the Vegas Golden Knights, 12 to 1 uh, to win the cup, to go back to back. The over-under is 103 and a half and to win the division plus 240. I guess like right when the Stanley Cup ended, I thought that there would be a situation where maybe we we'd see the Knights get um, a little disrespected. I don't think people would would fancy their chances to go back to back, but that really hasn't been the case. I think there's still plenty of love for them uh, in the market, and I mean they're in Vegas, and so that's always going to help keep their price into at, at a a little bit of a taxed range. And um, I just I would say that I I see. I would view this team as closer to like a 20 to one team than a 10 to one team. And they're closer to 10 to one at most places. So um, a little bit weary of the price, but still so solid. And it's going to come down to Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill, just kind of keeping things together. But the decor is good enough to, to make their job pretty easy. Um, we'll see how healthy they can remain. That's always an issue with them as well, but uh, nothing for me really at all. Just a team that I think maybe be a little bit careful with these prices, I think you'll probably be able to get a better number on Vegas as the season goes on. Yep. I think you hit it. Well, they'll be good. Probably no rush, no rush to bet anything now. And, uh, I don't really see them falling off. They were so dominant in so many areas. I still feel like an idiot for thinking they wouldn't do good last playoffs, which is easy to say now, but by the end it was like, okay, this roster is just really, really deep. We looked, we looked smart. We looked smart for game one against Winnipeg. And then, like the first 10 minutes of game two against Winnipeg. Uh, and then we didn't look so smart after that. Uh, the This is this this division really is a beast, man, because then you got the Los Angeles Kings coming in and they're between like 20, 22 to one to win the cup and over under of 100 and a half points and uh, four to one to win the division. I think they're a fun team too. If you want to build like a you know lottery ticket division winner parlay uh, with maybe one of the favorites, and then a couple teams at decent prices like this at four to one, and then a, a long shot just to, to have a little fun. I think the Kings are interesting there. I do think they're going to be pretty trendy as a as a Stanley Cup pick as well. At, but I mean, still pretty good number. I and I think you can make a decent case for for them here. Yeah, I agree. I, I would bet them at twenty to one. I think it's reasonable to lock in now. This is a team I'll probably be buying, which I know it sounds a little. Uh counteractive to like two teams from the same division as like two of the only ones I'm liking for cup but it's hard for me to see where this team's not really really good and they did pay a fee to get Dubois but I also think the way that their depth shakes out getting a guy who can play there that could legitimately be a star um, works out well for them even if I really do like uh, Velarde a lot and the goaltending, there's some upside there it's a bit of a concern but there's really only so many teams as we always say that have a goalie that is 100% 100% certain to be, you know, dominant, and the rest of their roster is so good. So I'm high on the Kings. I think they'll uh, they'll pay off their preseason expectations and and enter the playoffs as a cup contender. Yeah, the goaltending, Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley, 
a little concerning, but at the same time, uh, the defense is going to be good enough and their, their depth down the middle in terms of two way forwards with Kopitar and Dano and, and even Dubois a little bit like they, this, this team should be more than good enough to, uh, mask over any goaltending issues at least to buy them time to find another solution if, if Talbot and, and Copley don't work out. And there's going to be other, there's always goalies available. Uh, they did it with Corpus Allo last year uh, at the deadline. So they, they certainly are set up to, to do that again. So I'm, I'm not all that concerned. The one, the one issue is like if, if the goaltending does bottom out, the, the margin for error in the Pacific is, is pretty thin. You'll have teams like Calgary and Vancouver on your heels. If, if uh, one of your flaws kind of just start to sink your boat a little bit. Uh, but I think at this number, they're fine. I wouldn't argue against anyone betting it. Um, and there's also upside. Like, I think people think that the Kings, we've maybe have seen like the Kings hovering at their ceiling. But the truth is, like Brent Clark coming in, he could be a, a really big piece for them on the blue line. Uh, and we haven't seen Quentin Byfield really break out yet. And he's shown some signs of it. I know he's not scoring, but uh, he's a really highly touted pick. So this is a, a team that still has another level to it perhaps so uh if if you are interested in in the cup maybe even a, a president's trophy as well but the division is a little concerning in, in that regard um and we'll talk about why as we get into the the teams that will be scrapping it out uh below or at least projected to be below them calgary 30 to 1 uh to win the stanley cup 95 and a half over under the division is 8 to 1 for the flames i was really hoping that we'd get a a, a a better better prices like across the board on this team because i the, the numbers of, we we talked about them so much last year the numbers were so good they just weren't getting goaltending they weren't finishing they they the whole team hated the coach the whole organization hated the coach the gm's gone it's the coach is gone uh tyler tofoli's now gone so a lot of different things going hanging around hanging over this organization there are also a ton of rumors about noah hannafin and Michael Backlund, who's re-signed Elias Lindholm, who's uh, a UF uh, pending unrestricted free agent. So there's still like some some smoke surrounding this team, but they're still solid. Like the floor is so high for this team. And if Jacob Markstrom just plays average last season, they they make the playoffs pretty easily. So I get why people are are, are rushing to hit them for a bounce back season, but I just don't think the price is long enough in in this division. Yeah, I agree. I think the bounce back hype is legitimate. The case is obvious. It's really not that surprising, I guess, to see that the sportsbooks are onto this, especially when you consider that, yeah, even just the shootout games and the overtime losses swung them from being a playoff team last year to not. Like you could sit here and say if they were the best three on three team in the league, they enter the playoffs as one of the favorites. So that's it's pretty reasonable to see how they bounce back. Still a really good decor if Marks from solid. Good upside there. So with the strength of the division, I don't think there's anything you need to bet, but I definitely not sleeping on the Flames being good again this season. The Seattle Kraken, plus 3,500, 35-1 to, to win the Stanley Cup, uh, an over-under of 94.5 and 9-1 and to, to win the division. So basically on level footing with Calgary, a team that you, you kind of had circled going into the offseason as a potential Stanley Cup long shot. Do you still feel that way at these prices? No, I've cooled off a bit. There was... 50 to 1 entering the year. I think even at that, I might have kind of overrated a bit when I see the way that some of these other Pacific teams shook out, the way it's going to be so competitive. I like them. I still, I don't think it's necessarily a bad look at all. They're going to be good. They've got uh, 
the prospect pool to make some moves. If they get a little more aggressive, they stayed relatively patient last year considering their positioning. So they're another team that'll be in the mix. We definitely might see five Pacific playoff teams, I think, in the West is a very realistic possibility, especially if our Arizona positions don't end up paying off. But um, yeah, I I think that uh, nothing worth adding currently, but hopefully they will be a good team again. The Vancouver Canucks, I think, are going to be a team with like the maybe the widest range of outcomes in the entire league. I, it's really hard to to like be sure about this team one way or the other. Um, they're sixty to one to win the Stanley Cup, eighty-eight and a half over under, and fourteen to one to win the division. Numbers aren't long enough. I I once so, sort of like the Jets. I kind of would say I would say that I could see more reasons why you'd want to bet. Vancouver at 60 to 1 then why well, you wouldn't because I think the ceiling is pretty high with with the talent on this team and, and if Demko stays healthy uh but I'll wait I just don't think with this division they're it's not like they're I it'd be very unlikely for them to challenge uh for the top of the division so this number should probably hang around and if there's some things we like about the way Vancouver sets up under Rick Tockett uh then we can have a, a discussion about them in, in terms of like big picture futures getting to like the, the nitty-gritty of it you and I are on the same page here with uh one player in particular. Yeah, I love Elias Peterson to win the heart. He's my favorite long shot, hands down. He can score 100 points, and he is so good defensively, even if he doesn't necessarily get all the credit. I think he's just such a smart player. He makes such a difference out there. If they sneak in the playoffs, he should be the reason why. And I definitely view him as having a better chance than a lot of the names I'm looking at on the board right now. A lot of those are guys who kind of went off last year and I don't think are as likely to bounce or get back there so if uh the canucks are really competitive i think peterson can be a reason why and i think thatcher demko can be a reason why Talkett's gonna hopefully have them playing way better defensive hockey we'll see how that actually goes still don't entirely love the decor but i think they made some solid moves i like uh Suter as the third center i think that there's a little more upside pronick can help out the d compared to what it was last season so i'm uh a little optimistic that this team can be pretty strong and that uh peterson or demko could be ways to back into that i'm seeing a lot of quinn hughes i don't hate that at all but that's probably kind of my third rated uh canucks player prop i'd say compared to those other two yeah uh, i'm with you on Pedersen. he's also in a contract year um so that that's always helpful for the first time that either one of us have ever seen there's selkie odds in the market um He's the fifth favorite, fourth or fifth favorite at twelve to one. So that just kind of if you if you just look at his kind of if you just isolate Pedersen's um, futures odds, you know, sixteen to one to win the heart, twelve to one to win the Selkie. It just tells you he's a he's this is a really really good two way player. Um, and yeah, I think that there's a couple other Hart Trophy guys that we'll touch on you know later uh, in, in maybe the Eastern Conference and then in the awards show. But he's up there. For me, uh, if you're gonna, you're gonna need to do something incredible to beat McDavid in the market. But at the same time, because McDavid is such a huge favorite, the numbers on someone like Pedersen, who's he's obviously an elite player and a uh, top, you know, ten, twelve player in the league, are they're going to be inflated a little bit? So I'm with you there. I don't hate the Demko look either. Uh, but if if I was choosing between the two, would, I'd go with the Swede, um, especially because of Demko's uh, health. All right, we could be pretty quick with the Sharks and Ducks. They're both very similar 
portfolio is both 250 to 1 to win the cup, both 201 to win the division. San Jose, 66 and a half over under, and, and the favorite for the wooden spoon to have the worst record in the league. And the Ducks, uh, 70 and a half points. The Ducks are also dealing with some some contract disputes with uh, Trevor Zegras and Jamie Drysdale. I will say that Anaheim's adding, you know, Alex Kalorn and even Gudis and just having guys like Strom and Henrique and Vetrano around, I think does make them a little bit more dangerous to bet to of a bet to finish in last. Uh, of course, those guys could mail. I mean, we saw the, a lot of veterans on the Ducks last year. Just I don't think Kalorn and Gudis are that it. good either. Gudis is yeah, going to play yeah. weight in the playoffs. And we've even heard, uh, you know, ex-players talk about how like aging veterans go there pretty much. It's almost yep. like they're just relaxing, getting out of the league. So I'm pretty low on the Ducks. And if those like if they can't work it out with Zegras and the contract disputes, I, I actually think there's a little value. They're around plus four hundred still to win worst regular season record. They gotta compete with San Jose and then inevitably whatever bottom teams have injury issues. But I think that's a pretty good number. I'm actually kind of keeping an eye on how those uh disputes go. And who knows? Like they worked it out with Troy Terry and that was sounding not so hot, but that could be a really reasonable play. I'm it's hard to see how they don't get in the mix there. Yeah, I think it's a similar thing with the Sharks, right? They're the favorite for a reason. Uh, it looks like they're going to do everything they can to find a way to trade at least one of Logan Couture or Thomas Hurdle. And with their contracts, it's, it's pretty hard to, to imagine it, but you just never know. There's so there's just so many things that can fly off the, like the handle here. And uh, I always talk, before every season, I always say, like, if you whatever team you think is going to be the worst team in the NHL, if you're, if you feel pretty good about that, their under is usually a little, um, inflated. They're over their, their season point total. So 66 and a half for, for, for San Jose is probably a little too high. Cause if you go back to like the last 10 years, the team that finished in, in last place really, really struggles to get to 60, really struggles to get to 60. So, um, you could look at it that way. Um, but I think that the long and short of it is that, San Jose and, and Anaheim are are two really 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 uh, bad NHL teams, and uh, I got really nothing else to say. So that means we'll, I'll probably be betting on them a lot. I'm looking forward to it. Is that the West? That's it. That's the West. Uh, done and dusted. You'll hear from us again tomorrow. Talk about the East, but you know before before we get to that, hop on the Andre Turigny bandwagon with us. Go Coyotes! Will be a lot of fun. Um, for Nick Martin, I'm Michael Lebuff. We'll see you for the Eastern Conference previews coming your way tomorrow. And then, of course, keep your eye out for our awards betting preview and our best bets, which will come at the end of the week. And before you know it, we'll be sizing up opening night, Tuesday, October 10th. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.